Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Amy, and this is our virtual worship experience. I want to extend a special welcome to any new folks who might be listening for the first time. And I also want to remind all of you regular listeners, please help us get the word out about our online services by sharing this link with family and friends. A lot of people really are curious about church and Christian life, and this is a great way for them to try it out a little without the intimidation of having to walk into a sanctuary full of strangers if they are feeling shy about that. So I encourage you, give this gift to someone you love. You never know how it can make a difference. This weekend, we officially welcome our new intern, Monica Holman. She got a full taste of church this week with study groups and ministry teams and council. And this week, we have a chance to celebrate her, her calling, and our transition to becoming a teaching church. So it's a very exciting month for us. The only other announcements I have are to be mindful of some dates coming up in September. One is the blessing of our quilts and kits. That service is September the 25th. And that week as well, we are also due to serve an evening meal at the El Camino Housing Organization. You may sign up through our weekly email or just call the office and our new office assistant, Sam Steele, will be more than happy to get you on that schedule. And a reminder that her office hours, by the way, are on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from nine to one. If you want to call and introduce yourself and just say hello. Okay, let us settle ourselves and come together across our physical distance to be here in this digital sanctuary Let us worship now the Holy One as one people. Our song this morning that will transition us into our prayer and word is a special one related to our scriptures. The next event in Acts in our series featured today in our teaching takes place along a river. And no river in the Bible is ever just a river. And this song reminds us of this. Amen. As I went down in the valley to pray, studying about the good old way, and who will wear the starry crown, O Lord, show me the way. Oh, Father, let's go down, come on down, don't you want to go down? Oh, Father, let's go down, down in the valley to pray. As I went down in the valley to pray, studying about the good old way, and who will wear the starry crown, O Lord, show me the way. Oh, Mother, let's go down, come on down, don't you want to go down? Oh, Mother, let's go down, down in the valley to pray. As I went down in the valley to pray, studying about the good old way, and who will wear the starry crown, O Lord, show me the way. O children, let's go down, come on down, don't you want to go down? O children, let's go down, down in the valley to pray. 
As I went down in the valley to pray, studying about the good old way, and who will wear the starry crown, O Lord, show me the way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, love that made 
the distant stars yet marks the sparrow's fall whose arms stretched wide upon a cross embrace and bear us all come make your church a servant church that mocks your servant ways whose deeds of love rise up to you a sacrifice of praise grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all Lord, and hear our solemn prayer. We come to hear your living word. It saves us from despair. Have mercy on us, Christ, and wash away our sin. Pour out your grace and make us whole. That new life may begin. Have mercy on us, Lord. Make sin and shame depart. Renew us with your saving power. Create in us new heart. Let us pray. Praise be to God. Praise be to God for the gift of life. Praise be to God for the gift of death. Praise be to God for the gift of hope. But above all else, praise be to God for the gift of love, in which life and death and hope are intermingled. Praise be to God. You may recall last week I shared with you some details about Paul's first missionary journey. In his story, according to Luke in the book of Acts, he went on three journeys lasting two decades over the course of his ministry, and the writing of this book is organized around those journeys. And this week, we're picking up with him in the midst of his second round through the Mediterranean world. The first journey traveled through central Turkey and then home again, and now he and his companions go much further and venture across into Macedonia and Greece. You will hear small descriptions of how the itinerary was spirit-led through visions and visitations. Acts 16, where we are today, gives a good deal of attention on his stay in Philippi on the coast of modern Greece. He develops quite a relationship with this church that he founds, and we know this because at the end of his life when he was imprisoned, he sends them a gorgeous letter of love and encouragement that we have in the New Testament now, his letter to the Philippians, which have well-known and cherished verses that many of you will recognize. So that's where we are today. He is a newcomer to Philippi right now, his first visit, and he goes looking for familiar Jewish faces. Today, we focus our attention on his beautiful encounter with Lydia, and next week, Pastor Mary will examine with you just how all this goes a bit sideways in his quest to stay true to his faith in Jesus. And now, our reading. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 16. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, 
They attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Amen. Alleluia, Lord and Savior, open now your saving word. Let it burn like fire within us, speak until are stirred. Alleluia, Lord, we sing for the good news that you bring. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the eighth chapter. Soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Twelve were with him, as well as some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Herod's servant Chuzza, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Lydia is one of my favorite characters in Acts. The direct attention given to her in scripture is small but profound. And that's a phrase that I want you all to remember because it will come back to us. Small but profound. It's only a few short verses, but we learn much about her. She is part of this group of women who are gathered to pray in the place where it was common for the Jewish people of the city to come and worship, a river, rivers never being neutral, biblical symbols as we find out when she wants to be baptized in these living waters. What was she doing among them as a Gentile woman in the first place? Well, some of your Bible translations will say that she was worshiping God with them, and other Bibles may say she was a God-fear. It means she had not converted to Judaism, was not born into their tribe, but she was enticed by it. She was curious and respectful and open. She had been open to this community of prayers, and now she is open to Paul. It even says the Lord opened her heart. She is ready and finds a way in Jesus. Luke, who is writing the story, also sees fit to tell us that she is a dealer in purple cloth. She is a tradeswoman and the head of a household. Everyone, in fact, is baptized when she is. So we know she was a woman of means. Given that purple was the color of royalty, we can presume that she made a good living. I also think it's no mistake that purple is her color, given her discovery of Jesus' identity. I'm not sure that's in the official notes, but I kind of like the idea myself. Rivers and kings and baptisms. I like how this story has all kinds of lovely theological symbolism in it. Tim Mackey and John Collins from their podcast, Saul and Subversive Christianity, they make a point of calling out how many regular kinds of people doing everyday kinds of things there are in the book of Acts. Lydia, even if she is somewhat wealthy, she's a regular kind of person. And the point that Collins and Mackie make is that while we have the big personalities like Peter and Paul and even Stephen and Philip, there would be no church without the Lydia's doing business and the Tabitha's sewing clothes and Timothy's going on the road as someone who is a bridge of Jewish and Gentile identity or Rhoda's, the housemaids who open the doors, right? When no one else hears, it is Rhoda who opens the door. And there's more, but the book is full of these kinds of regular people who are also vital to the work of the Spirit and the expansion of these early communities of Jesus' followers. So along with those Bible scholars, I also want to remember those ordinary acts of courage and generosity, the small but profound lives of Jesus' first churches. As Psalm 112 says to us, it is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. Monica, our intern, chose the psalm this week to go along with our story of Lydia. While we were planning worship in the office, I asked her if she would do a little more digging and find a passage in the Gospels that would match our themes in Acts 16. She chose Luke 8, which we heard, and this again features a band of everyday kinds of people who supported the mission work of Jesus and the first disciples. And who were they? Well, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. Women who had experienced Jesus' healing power firsthand. But then Luke also tells us this vital detail. They provided for the disciples out of their resources. Just like Lydia We have a group of women providing material support to the mission. And I should say, resources is a broad word, and as well it should be to describe all of them. 
Maybe it was money, but we see with Lydia, it's hospitality, which no doubt it was with those women on the road with Jesus as well, but hospitality, which means food, shelter, a safe place to gather, and likely given Paul's fondness for the Philippians late in life, it was friendship, nurturing, and love as well. Our church communities to this day function in much the same way. Yes, there are public leaders and ones with the microphones like myself, but there would be no church without the benefactors and the hospitality, the provision, the friendship, the nurturing, and the healing presence in times of trouble. Everyday people of all walks of life are the stability of the church. Next week, as you will hear, things get dangerous for Paul and Silas, his traveling companion in the verses that follow this peaceful interlude by the riverside. They end up in jail, and I'll let Pastor Mary tell you all about that, but it's quite dramatic. I do want to say something about how it all ends, though. They were severely flogged, isolated in prison, restrained in the stocks. Then there's an earthquake and a controversy with the officials, but when it is all over... Scripture says this in a way that comes full circle. After leaving prison, they went to Lydia's home. This is the final word on their stay in Philippi. They take refuge in her care. They recover. They are mutually encouraged. The stability of Lydia and her resources nourish the growing church. It's such a poignant homage to pay to her as their stay comes to a close in this city. Monica, in her notes to me about the scriptures, left a question in her email. She noticed that the verses about Mary, Joanna, and Susanna are quickly followed by the parable of the good soil. Could these women, women like Lydia, be the good soil that God needed for the seeds of the word? Could they be the place where others would come to flourish and seek refuge and discover God? Might that be a connection? certainly made sense to me, perfect sense really. In as many sermons and studies as I've done on the parables of the good soil, I have never read backwards into these three short verses and their connection to the divine farmer. It was an insight I had not considered. I don't even know if it occurred to Monica before either, but it was a moment signaling the beginning of something new for us at Bethel. We are embarking on an adventure as a household of faith. A missionary has come to stay with us for a while, to encourage us with her teaching. We will offer her the good soil she will need to explore and flourish and find her voice. And she will bring us surprising insights. And she will bring us the friendship of faith. And she will bring us mutual care in times of need. We will bring those things to her too. That's why they're mutual. We are even situated along a river, just a few short blocks from here. Thank the Lord for all of us everyday people who benefit the church with our resources and give God's people a place of stability and continuity, a place to learn and a place to rest and restore, a place to become part of something wonderful that is still growing. Amen. my
you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Will you care for cruel and kind and never be the same? Will you risk a hostile stare should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you? See if I but call your name. Will you set the prisoners free and never be the same? Will you kiss the leper clean and do such as this unseen and admit to what I mean in you and you? If I but call your name Will you quell the fear inside And never be the same Will you use the faith you found To reshape the world around Through my sight and touch and sound In you and you I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our closing prayer is a thanksgiving prayer written by Anne Cohen. Gracious God, source of all blessings, you have been extravagant in your generosity. You have planted within us the seeds of hope. You have nurtured within us the saplings of faith. You have harvested the fruits of your creation and spread before us the feast of all possibility. Words cannot express the gratitude with which we come before you. May we embody our thanks with extravagant generosity. May we offer our lives to you in acts of compassion for one another. May we walk gently upon the earth, ever mindful of your gifts of breath, of love, of life itself. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom, O God and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Peace, love, and serve the Lord.